Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. Happy Thursday to you and a very happy Thursday to me. You know why? Because I'm happy. I'm ready for some smash mouth football. I'm ready for the pipeline to be back. I'm ready for fullbacks and huddles. And you know what? Nebraska is a step closer to being ready as well. As we saw last night, Walter Rouse, the the transfer from Stanford, who was picking between Nebraska, Iowa, and Oklahoma, chose the Huskers. And it's going to give Matt Rule and company exactly what they need to get that offensive line going. Again, I've been kind of, I don't want to say poking fun, but at least saying, you know, there's a lot of confidence in Matt Rule in this offensive line, and I don't know if it's warranted. I don't, I, you know, one guy maybe shouldn't make that big of a difference, but that's the need Nebraska had last year. That's the need they had this year. Uh, and it's tough to get a, a proven tackle in the portal, but they went out there and they were able to do that. Uh, I don't know how much NIL played into it, but I, I did see this too, and it kind of threw me off. Um, Huskers, uh, uh, it was on Facebook that I saw, but I'm not exactly sure where they mm-hmm. posted it, uh, was that they basically are acknowledging the NILs, the collectives that they have. I think they're allowed to now through the NCAA rules. Yeah. Um, so they were. They said, you know, they sent it out something like Nebraska's one of the nation's leaders in NIL or something like that. And I was like, once I re- the first time I read it, I was like, whoa, are they the nation's leaders? Is that what they're saying? And uh, no, that's not what they're saying. They're just throwing out there like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. one of the nation's They're leaders. like, yeah, they're up there. Yeah. They're not even going to tell us, like, you know. They could be, you know, <laughs> top 25. They could be yeah. top 10. They could be top 5. What is one of the nation's They're one leaders? of the nation's leaders. Yeah. It's just a thing that you say, like, you know, when when places are just like, yeah, we make the best this in the city. It's like, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, nobody's told us we haven't. What was that like? It was on Elf where he saw Yeah, the best congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it was the world's best cup of coffee. <laughs> Amazed by <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, altogether, Nebraska's offensive line, as, as we've been kind of talking about, um, the idea has not been with, with this new staff to kind of do what they did last year, which was kind of smoke and mirrors. You don't know what our offense is going to look like. We're not mm-hmm. going to tell anybody. Um, they're trying to tell you. Now there have been some, I guess, some mixed signals. I, I, you could say with the positionless football, it's a little bit different than smash mouth, no huddle, you know, our huddles, I should say, and fullbacks and, mm-hmm. and, and what they were saying the other day. Um, but Walter Ross gives you the opportunity uh, in my mind to do that along with some of the other guys that they've got obviously Ben Scott uh, the center uh, transfer out of Arizona State Norton Welly coming back if he can keep Prohaska healthy then you've got one guard spot open uh, with a lot of experience mm-hmm. um, you know whether it's Turner Corcoran uh, Bryce I think Turner, I, I to me Turner Corcoran is the obvious choice for that right guard spot mm-hmm. just because I believe he played very well when he was at the guard position. When they had to move him back out to tackle, it was, you know, hit or miss. But at the guard position, I think he played really well. I'll have to look up the pro football focus, his numbers on that. But for the most part, I believe that the interior of the offensive line, um, even without Nordin Nueli, was 
pretty good. It was more the exterior that was was facing most of the problems, especially after Teddy Prohaska went down and they had to switch some things around on the offensive line. But, you know, missing out on Micah Mazuka um, hurts, but I don't think it's going to, you know, derail what this the, the momentum that this program has built up through this offseason. Getting getting um, Walter Rouse is a massive you know push forward. Although I'm not sure if you put him at left or right tackle, uh, depending on um, Teddy Prohaska's willingness to go to right tackle, his availability to go to right tackle, and and given his injury history, it's one of those things where you're not really sure, and then you might be a little wary of. But I to me. Putting Walter Rouse, just inserting him at that left tackle position, to me, that seems like the most obvious choice because, again, he has 39 games started. He started as a freshman at Stanford, um, and he's got the smarts and the know-how to, to, to be that left tackle to protect your quarterback's blind side. Yeah. Again, I'm not saying that Teddy Prohaska can't do that. I'm just saying that you know he's he's been in Nebraska for two years, and he's played in five games yeah and that's due to injury that's you know not not anything you know on himself that's just you know the first one was a freak accident going against you know Aiden Hutchinson and messing up everything in his left leg and then the the second time I believe it was the same knee and kind of just the same thing he just stepped wrong knee buckled and everything went to crap again yeah, and, and, and his health is going to be something to monitor because, again, um, it has been, to me, the problem has been on the outside of the offensive line, more so the interior, kind of like you were saying, um, the last couple of years. And so you kind of feel like he's he's got an opportunity there. If, if But if Prohaska or Rouse have to go out for a game or two, and obviously Andrew's a f- part of football, you can see it. You hope nothing um, longer than that, but they do have – Lots of experience there um, at, that they can throw out there. So, you know, and, and part of it's not experience that you always want, but you know, these guys are getting older. Hopefully, improving uh, while their competition graduates, moves on, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so now they they look like the veterans, savvy veterans that maybe can kind of pull some of that off. But again, wh- whether it, it, it's Corcoran, and I think you're right, he probably is the lead to get that. Bryce Benhart's got a lot of experience. You can find a spot for him. Uh, Ethan Piper is still out there. Henry Latovsky, I thought that when they threw him out there, looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, between those guys, um, and then the other thing is Norton Noelli. Is he going to be when he gets back? Is he going to be as effective as he was when he was? You know, last time we saw him out because yeah. I thought he was two years ago with the Prohaska injury and um, you know not being out there long. If you take Prohaska out of the equation, other than Cam Jurgens, who's a pretty damn good offensive <laughs> lineman, I thought Norton Noelli was probably the best of that group two years ago. He was definitely one of your most consistent um, guards, and and as the season went on. You could see the steady improvement that he was was showing, and he was looked to as you know one of the leaders on that offensive line coming into last year. And then the unfortunate incident happened where he he ended up getting suspended for the entire season, and um, you could kind of feel it. I mean, on the left side of that line, it was it was just um, a little bit of a struggle. Again, I still think the interior held up pretty well, but you can imagine how much better it would have been if he was able to to start on that left side at that left guard position. Yeah, especially because, again, as I've said, I've said it many times, the offensive line is all about, you know, trust. It's all about trusting the guy to your left, trusting the guy to your right and knowing exactly what that person is going to do, where that person is going to be. So um, being able to practice with, you know, Nueli practicing with them for so long and then, you know, being taken out of the lineup probably really hurt the the center guard and tackle guard uh, communication. Not saying that they didn't they don't practice together. They obviously do. But when you have your your 
first team offensive line practicing, your second team offensive line practicing. You know, it's it's different when you take that guard, move him up to the first team. This the little communication is a little different. Yeah, and, and like you said, he played a lot of left tackle. Was was a fixture there at Stanford uh, for a long time. Six six, three hundred eighteen pounder. I think he's just got one one year left. He's, yeah, he's, a he's grad. listed as a senior. Yeah, grad transfer. Um, I can never tell with with this stuff anymore. It's like yeah, I, I think the seniors have one year. Well, left, but you never so tell. he played for four years, so he had the COVID, so he might have a year left. But I think he's he's a graduate transfer with two years left. But I'm probably in his mind. He's got a year left, and he's done. Uh, and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting too. This, the typical, uh, some of the stuff that came out of his his visit was the typical thing. Uh, this was out of the Journal Star this morning, or maybe yesterday. He said, "I really expected cornfields and farms. Instead, there are like eight <laughs> hotels and a three block radius in the bars in the town. It reminds me somewhat of back home." Uh, when we do the big things next year, we can send the doubters the mail of what happens. So uh, he's excited. He believes in, in what they have moving forward. But it is, again, one of those one of those situations. That's why they say you got to get them to Lincoln for mm-hmm. the kids to believe because, um, you know, it, it, you just don't hear too much. You wouldn't know any better if you'd yeah. never been. He did say it was it, it came down to his trust and his belief uh, and what he heard from um from the coaching staff and and he really trusts Riola and he said that Riola has a plan for him for next season and he's really excited to get started so that's you know for everybody that was freaking out because they missed out on Mazuka not even 24 hours pass and they get Rouse so people went from um probably talking down about Riola to all of a sudden oh my gosh she's such a great recruiter again so it was it was a fun swing of emotions for a bunch of people well, and, I, and to me, too, a Mizuka would be a good project, but he's not necessarily a plug-and-play. Uh, Rouse is. I, I feel like Rouse is, it was the bigger get for Nebraska. So, um, you know, I'd like to have both of them. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, you know, Mazuka is a pretty big guy, 6'5", 330. That'd be pretty nice. He was described future, as a road grader to us. Yeah. So that would have gone perfectly in line with, you know, the what uh, Satterfield said in yeah. wanting to run the ball and having a fullback and going back to that smash-mouth type football that he would have fit in perfectly for that. You yeah. really would have, because you would have had, what, you, know, you could have put him on the right side and you, you would have had a lot of trust going either to the right or the left when you're running the ball with, with those, you know, with uh, Rouse and Neely on the left and then Mazuka um, and whoever they decide to throw a right tackle on the right side. Well, and, and it's of course the offensive line addition is big because Nebraska um, has had struggles there. The other part of it, though, is you know this Matt Rule thing. It was going to take some convincing of me to to think that this is not going to be a transition year. You know, just one of those years you kind of set the foundation. Um, maybe you win, you know, win the games you can, but lose the games the way that you want your team to lose the games, mm-hmm. basically, uh, <laughs> as you kind of have to. Um, you know, you just got you got to play the way that you want to play to recruit into the future uh, what you want. And so, you know, for a while there, it's kind of like, well, good luck doing that with this offensive line. Now they've gotten two starters out of the portal once again uh, with Ben Scott and Rouse. These guys are expected to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Nuelli coming back. You have Prohaska. And as we mentioned, Turner Corkin, Bryce Benhart, Henry Latovsky, plenty of guys to, to fill that out. Um, the other thing that's that, you know, lines up really well for this whole plan with, you know, fullbacks and huddles and such is you have four running backs. Like, the running back room we knew, uh, we know is a strength of the team. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's not just a strength of the team. You go, yeah, but, you know, we'll see what happens because they don't have a lot of blocking. 
um, if this this line can come together, and they're still you know they're still gonna have to get continuity and, and, and communication, all yeah. that stuff like we we're talking about, but you can kind of see it starting to work out so that Nebraska can um, become that kind of battering ram team. And I've said it for years. This is why I'm excited about it. My one hesitation with the frost um, higher, and 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 I. I don't get me wrong. I was all on board with hiring Frost, just like ninety nine point nine percent of us were. Everybody was. Nobody. Don't let anybody lie to you. Everybody yeah, was. <laughs> right. And and for what it's worth, they should do that again. By the way, I, I think ultimately, if you have a, a chance to get the coach of the year, and he's a young coach, and he and he wants to come to Nebraska, um, you know, whatever your your theory, be damned, go with that coach because mm-hmm. the coach is going to matter more to me. You know, it doesn't matter what type of offense or defense they run or all that. If, if the coach matters more than anything else. But to me, my theory has always been get back to, to playing Nebraska-style football, what the Big Ten West does, mm-hmm. uh, physical, get you know, get the offensive linemen going, play smash-mouth football, play complementary football. And that's what lo- it looks like they're moving to. Um, the, the thing about that is you got to get the right guys. I mean, it's, it's more than just, well, it, you know, going to that um, – uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm talking about you know coaches and players, but uh, just going to that philosophy is is nice, and you could probably win some games that way. But you know what Iowa and Wisconsin and those teams have done is 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 at times find the diamonds in the rough, right? And and the development has certainly been there, and so that's what I'm interested to see here. Is you know there's been coaches that come in. <clears throat> Bill Callahan uh, <laughs> and say, well, th- throw out the walk-on program. I'm going to recruit well enough to, to not worry about it. I hope that Nebraska is going to put a heavy emphasis on the walk-on program. And of course, it can, you know, under rule. And of course, it's a little bit different these days, getting scholarships to smaller schools, all that. Um, but, you know, you the, the walk-on program has a, a proud tradition and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to let the local guys go out and, and be something elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think still within Nebraska, and we've seen it in the past, you can get some of those guys through the walk-on program, and I think that that's going to benefit Nebraska moving forward. I'm just I'm I'm hyped up because, as you know, this is my type of football, and this is the the game plan they seem to have. This is what you like. This is this is this is Bach football going on. Well, it's on. not just that. Again, it's to me, it's the blueprint that Nebraska's gotten away from. Yeah, I mean, this is what you had success with. This is what uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, as you mentioned, and, and Minnesota for a large portion uh, have had success yeah. with is is run the ball, just um, set up the running game, uh, use the pass here and there, get a couple big plays there, and then play solid defense, which it seems like that's what Nebraska is going back to. And, again, that's what they had success with. And like you said in the running back room, the running back room from being a concern before last season um, and you know the season prior – seems like a strength right now for oh, Nebraska yeah. on the offensive side. I mean, you've got your two, your one and two backs, you know, before the season started and a couple games in before A.J. Allen got hurt. You have your one and two backs back in Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen. You have Gabe Irvin, who was your starter two years ago before he got injured. And then you have Ramir Johnson, who was your starter two years ago for the remainder of the season and put up pretty good yards. And then at the end of the season last year, showed that he's still a very productive running back that can be used so that's four right there you've got Emmett Johnson who was the the uh uh Gatorade player of the year or what I don't remember exactly what he's the player of the year in high school uh mm-hmm. last season coming out of uh Minnesota and then you've got Quentin Knives that you're adding from the uh where, where did he somewhere from the northeast like New where Jersey, is he from? Yeah, yeah from New Jersey from from Beverly New Jersey from Palmyra so you that running back room seems stacked right now and if you are truly going to be more of a pro style, more of a running, you know, with the fullback and all that. Um, 
the running back room is extremely important and it seems like you have the guys with a bunch of different body types a bunch of different skill sets to get that thing done the only question and i heard you guys talking about on the captain is who's the fullback right and I got a name that I don't know if he'd be if he's willing to make the change, but Nate Borkature lined up a couple times in the mm. backfield. He's a tight end. He's a walk-on tight end, but he's a big body. Yeah, maybe he could do it. Yeah, that's not a bad Although idea. Although the tight end room is thin, so maybe yeah. he'll stay there. Oh, there's that too. But uh, that's a, that's a better idea than I've heard before. Six five two thirty. Yeah. Well, that's a big fullback. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what you want, though, too. All right, let's take a quick, quick break. When we come back, Kevin Warren making his way over to the Bears. What does the Big Ten do next? What is his legacy? Also, let's talk a little bit about Trey Palmer's legacy. I like to compare to past Oscar right. wide receivers. We'll do that next on Take a Water. Cool. 